When I did Star Wars, I consciously set about to recreate myths and the and the classic mythological uh, motifs. The Force is the core of Star Wars, and you have to be careful when you answer too many questions about it. And concept design, I think, is so critical. I mean, it's something that perhaps is underappreciated because it sets the template, it sets the aspirational goal for what the movie should be. go all right so hello everybody and welcome back to the forces behind star wars we are recording episode 31 tonight and when i say we i'm not talking about a lineup of riot racers i'm talking about the host of this show that you've come to know and love yep talking about the rad batch and oh yeah we've dropped in a friend for the uh, just for fun tonight and with that said let's do a roll call and see who's paying attention we're going to do this in reverse alphabetical order Oh, wait a minute. That would be Dexter, your first. Me. Yeah. I was, I, mean, I was sort of surprised. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, it's good to be here once again uh, with another episode of the, the Rad Batch. Uh, yeah, we're here today to talk about the uh, season two, and I'm looking forward to breaking it down and talking to it with all you guys. All right, now we're going to uh, Steve Pershing. All right, so uh, this is, uh, once again, an absolute pleasure to hang out with all the Star Wars folk. You know, uh, people at uh, this job that I'm at, they're starting to find out that I'm a Star Wars fan. So my my cool creds just went up. And, you know, if that doesn't go up, then I'm changing jobs. That's just how it goes. And uh, so, but it's great to hang out with all you guys, especially, you know, uh, with uh, Anthony and Dex going back, you know, so far to uh, the ColecoVision and, uh, and, and the <clears throat> Commodore 64 days and Empire Strikes Back. So uh, I didn't know them when Star Wars came out, but we all were at the theater for it. So anyway, let's do this. Let's go. Let's talk Bad Batch. <laughs> this is hey. John Scalise. How's it going, everybody? It's, it's me, John Scalise from the Best Scar Bucket. Really happy to be back on. I think the last one I did with you guys was the Georgies. So <laughs> excited to be back. The world famous Georgies. <laughs> And for those of you that can't tell by my voice, I'm Ken, and I'm just trying to figure out whether I want to do season one or season two of, of Echo Armor. Interesting, yeah. Just color change, right? A couple color changes. Uh, there's a few more bits than that, but um, oh. yeah, still trying to decide. They even have, a, you could even say a casual clone look. Because mm. <laughs> there were a couple scenes where they where they weren't wearing all the all their armor and, and helmets and stuff like that. So that this this season of the of the Bad Batch is quite phenomenal. Indeed, yes. All right, I'm last Anthony Gaunt, and I'm very excited about the latest news. I guess you're, we're all talking about it. The Tetris movie comes out tomorrow. <laughs> That's something I've been looking forward to for quite a while. It looks exciting. Well, I've got to say that um, there's a huge, huge chance for the listeners out there, this episode is going to be very, very spoilery. So if you have not seen season two of The Bad Batch yet, you should probably turn this off, 
come back to it after you watch that whole entire season and then hear what we have to say. And before we get too full-blown spoilery, I am interested to hear your general thoughts on, on season two. And we'll start with our guest from the Beskar Bucket and the Inflatable Falcon. What do you have to say for us, Jim? Or with us, to us? I mean, it was a it was a great season. It definitely, it had some ebbs and flows, but I, I, I really, I thought, especially with the finale, it really really punched at home it, it definitely exceeded my expectations that's for sure how about you steven what'd you think of it i can't believe everyone died at the end that was terrible i mean you know <laughs> for any kid watching you know bad batch you know when they when they all you know fall into that uh that earthquake crack and and that was just sad the sounds that their bones made when they all got crunched it was just terrible so you did say spoiler alert right oh, yeah i, I mentioned okay, that, all right just yeah. make it <laughs> What were your thoughts, Anthony? I I was surprised by how good the show looked this year. Every now and then, I would catch myself looking at the show, and I know it's CG, but it sort of has a weird half-real, half-CG look. I, it's hard to describe. It's, and the animation, everything is so, so much better than it ever was. So I, I've been enjoying even the quiet episodes, but the ending episodes, this is a real show. And in a way, it's it's become as good as Andor. That makes sense. We've always enjoyed Rebels and Star Clone Wars and, and 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 the animated shows, but we've never really how do I say it? They didn't feel important like this show does. And this is a show that when it started, people didn't really know what it was going to be about. Really, they knew it was about the five clones, but they didn't know how the story was going to intersect with star wars history and, and it definitely has intersected with some of the really pivotal points in star wars history the final the finale had uh krennic in it which is pretty cool um this is a, a really 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 good show and the the surprise death in the last episode is not what you typically see in in animated shows so another just a great show and thanks for mentioning what it looks like. And I want to I want to hear from a resident artist of, of what he's thought of, of the art style of, of the of the Bad Batch. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the same exact thing. Like visually, it was probably the most stunning uh, season. I, well, it was only two seasons, but I mean, just visually, just it looked beautiful. I mean, the backgrounds, the like the animations better. Um, it's just it was just lovely to look at, <laughs> you know, and then. Everything else that goes along with it in terms of story that which is leading to, you know, like Rogue One, Episode Four, all that stuff. It's just great. I just love it. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic season. It really did. I was I was really challenged to in some of those those shots, challenged that this was computer animation, that you know, the water looked like water, it behaved like water, it had glistens and shines and and reflections like water. It was absolutely baffling to me. I don't I don't understand how basic computers work, let alone how they can make this sort of stuff happen and then pipe it into our, our televisions every week. Yeah, they knocked it out of the park, that's for sure, man. You know, I would describe it almost as it's not real. And it's like I, I was looking for that middle ground, right? So it's not real, but it, it, it's a weird sort of CG reel where it looks so real that you believe it, it exists somewhere. It doesn't look animated or that someone created it, it just is. And the rendering, the shading, and the light, like the way that the lights hit the side of the face and 
and and just the animation i remember that episode where they had that giant dinosaur thing about three episodes back yeah. and they're running away from these explosions in the hall and the animation was just so fluid i didn't believe that they spent that much time on just the hallway animation but yeah. all the the details of this year it's just it's the best that they've ever done and, and and if you were to put it by you know side by side with a skirt, a shot from the clone wars movie mm. you would it would be you would be hard pressed to believe that they were you know made by the, the the same organization or the you know using similar technology or whatever it's 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 breathtakingly incredible and i i hope and pray that they don't stop using this animation style that they've they've gotten to the place and they've trusted it enough and invested enough in it that they continue to do more and more stories in this style not necessarily with clones but just in this animation style because it is so so fantastic just from my personal opinion tales of the jedi was great and didn't wasn't really about the clones too yeah exactly and, and there are scenes in you know each especially this this season that look theatrical i mean it, it looks like you said it's hard to tell so that's my big problem with award shows when it comes to artistry and the work behind. I mean, it's this thing is art in motion and it's absolutely beautiful. And I remember the first animation that really blew me away was uh, Tron Uprising. You know, when that came out, I just thought that some of the scenes in it were just, it looked like a Tron movie. And so now we get, you know, as I said, so much Star Wars coming at us at the same time. And uh, this, this is uh, just, you know, the only, as I said, art in motion. Just for art, artistic sake, compare season three of The Mandalorian, which is episode five right now, and compare the Bad Batch, just the first five episodes. Bad Batch is better looking show. Do you guys remember episode two of The Bad Batch when they went to that planet and everything was red in the background? To the they have to like attack the uh, the citizen, the 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 the. the King or the queen that had taken over the castle. You guys remember? That, so they had all these old trooper trooper robots, and they were going into the uh, the castle. That whole episode, I think it's one of the best episodes they've ever done in Clone Wars of anything. Just looking at the the red lighting on that episode was just intensely in, incredible. Some shots there that really just out art direct anything the Mandalorian's doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I. I... I mean, since they're both on at the same time or the same day, mm -hmm. I'm enjoying Bad Batch more than The Mandalorian. You know, I hate to say it, but maybe that's because they're, you know, showing up, you know, at the same time. But uh, I really, really enjoy The Bad Batch. Maybe it's the writing or the the way the treatment of the clones. I, I'm really enjoying that to see how they're kind of just, you know, getting pushed to the wayside and forgotten, if you will. You know, it's pretty, pretty decent stuff. So. Would you say that season two of Bad Batch is is a spiritual sequel to Andor, the TV show? Spiritually, tone. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Because you know, you know, everybody knows that Rogue One is my favorite movie of all time. So this is like leading right up to Rogue One, just like Andor and everything else. So um, yeah, I mean, what did you think when you saw Krennic? Oh, I lost it. <laughs> I mean, think think about once again. It's a spoiler, but think about what we got last week between, you know, Bad Batch and uh, you know the Mandalorian. I mean, we we got Krennic, 
We got Saul Guerrero, young Saul Guerrero. I mean, we got got to mention him. And mm -hmm. then we got Zeb, a live action. My Zeb. man. Oh, I mean, all in one day. I mean, it was just, you know, it's pretty amazing stuff. Pretty amazing stuff. Wow. Well, to me, those things are a fantastic example of how far we've come. And so I don't know if if Andor is a spiritual cousin or relative of Bad Batch, or it's just truly an expansion of 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 what is. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten here without the four decades of material and writers and artists and other makers who put their time into it. And, and we're at this magical place and it's not done yet. There are more stories to be told. There are more more things that will be made with these makers in mind. And then, and we as, I think we as fans are also maturing with the content and looking at the content differently than we did when we were, you know, youngsters watching, you know, watching the Tanta V4 fly across the screen or, you know, pod racers race across Tatooine. Um, so it's, I think it's absolutely super duper exciting to see where we've come from enjoy what we're getting and be super excited about what's next because you know zeb you mentioned him started off as an animated character right now we're able to see him live action in a way that i i had to stop it and 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 am i really looking at what i think i'm looking at Right, and right. it wasn't until I watched it the second time that I was able to see in the credits that it was his name there. Because I was, is it just another character that looks like, is it another of his species? Right, right. But yeah, sure enough, it's him with it with, was it's Steve Bloom, right? Is Steve Bloom the gentleman yeah, that does? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's the Zeb, not just uh, 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 an alien that looks like them. So it's 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 remarkable that where where we are and and what we're. Um, what we're able to get from from star wars and and he also quoted i think it was a you know it sounded like a han solo's line where he says good luck you're gonna need it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there, was, there was a lot of quotes you know from from the movie so and you had put you had mentioned something a, a moment ago anthony that i'd really think it'd be fun for all of us to talk about is the 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 treatment of the clones so what are your what are your thoughts on on where the clones have come from before this season of the Bad Batch and, and what's been dropped in our lap this season related to the clones. Man, there's so much. I mean, I think that the, the thing about this year is that's different because they've always had the clones have always been individuals. So even though their clones are actually not really clones in our eyes because they have different names and they get the different colors on their helmets and their hats. But this year they feel different. It's it's especially because a lot of them died that we knew. Um, they feel as totally different characters, not just variations of each other. And that gave a lot of shows a lot of depth that I didn't think you could have with a bunch of clones talking to each other. But they've all matured. And I guess in, in Star Wars theory, as they get older, they individualize more. Um, and you're seeing real different characters even though they had a common origin at this point now they're all different and i think it's really interesting and i'm going to be really anxious to see because i think in the last episode this they, they warned about the clone uprising i'd like to see what that looks like because that's something that was never in any history book the tar i mean a star wars history book that i've ever heard of have you not that i recall granted i haven't read all the all the legend stories but 
Well, I'm looking you, to seeing it. What are your thoughts on that, John? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely think it's 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 a nice little path that the like you said, Anthony. We, I mean, we haven't really seen this side, it seen red, what have you. Um, so it, it's nice to to see they're taking that path to show, like, oh yeah, the clones are still human, and seeing how far the Empire is really willing to go to to dehumanize them to, and it. I mean, it also it it shows you that, like the, uh, I think it was, uh, um, was it. Hunter in the first season said, you know, we all wanted to be original. Now they're just giving everybody numbers. It, it you know, it kind of goes goes to show that uh, that the Empire is really, really coming into coming into where we see them in the original trilogy and at, at a very fast pace, too. I don't want to put a pin in that idea of giving them numbers instead of names, because uh, I think that idea showed up in this week's episode of the mandalorian but i want to i want to stay on the on the on the clones a little bit longer what do you what are your thoughts on it steven how the the clones are being uh used this season uh i i think it's also a reflection of reality in a lot of ways so anyone has spent any time with military for any uh military uh vets out there uh listening or or uh you know thank you for your service but i'm going to follow up with this my, my friends in the military like it's one of those things when you when you leave the military you know there's this adjustment and stuff like that and also when you 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 know you get older in any profession you know it becomes more difficult to find jobs and stuff like that but for these vets you know they're they're true and tried heroes for the you know they of course they ended up turning on the jedi but um but because of their programming just their whole life cycle of what what how why they were created what they did uh you know uh like to the jedi and then now where they're coming to terms with everything, it's 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 kind of like somebody going to battle, like a real real soldiers going to battle and coming out of it, you know, um, and believing they fought for something and then to find out maybe maybe that wasn't what we were really fighting for. Maybe we fought, you know, for the wrong reasons. So you have all those things going through these guys' minds. So I think there's some some kind of reality in there as well. Um, you know, but the way they're being treated um and phased out, you know, that that's brutal. That's it's it's tough to watch because we all have our favorite clones from the Clone Wars, and which I think is why it, it's tough to even watch when Order sixty six came out and and they all turned. But now we're seeing, you know, as I said, I, I'm glad we're covering this. I would love to see that clone uprising, you know, because it wasn't like you guys just said; it's not even out there. It wasn't even discussed, but they're leading to it. So, yeah. What's running through your head about it, Dexter? Well, for me, uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's pretty sad <laughs> just to see the way they're treated, uh, the way they um, they really didn't respect all the the work and and time and effort they put in, you know, for for everybody. And uh, the the one thing that stands out to me is uh, what I like about this season is the uh, the evolution of like the armor. You know, you get to see the different types of stormtroopers now, and you see how they're they're changing with the times and everything else. So. Um, I'm really enjoying that as well. So, Dex, why do you like the show so much? Because when we do the, you know, when we have our text threads, yeah, you really, really, really react strongly to the Bad Batch over the Mandalorian, over anything, really. Yeah, yeah. Why I do mean, you like so much about it? Yeah, I mean, once again, artistically, like being an artist myself, you know, quote unquote artist, but uh, I just I appreciate the artistry and everything that goes into to making this show, and it just. 
it just seems like every week, you know, just, it just, you know, my jaw drops every week and I don't know, there's something about it that, and then of course, you know, we're, we're based off <laughs> the rad batch ourselves. So that's right. <laughs> Has anyone that's... else noticed the quality of the acting this year? It's, it's oh, yeah, yeah. way higher than last year. Absolutely. It's the acting, the writing, the music. I mean, you know, what he's doing with the music and the score. I mean, it's 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 great stuff. It really is great stuff. And I have to say, I'll I'll add to that, Dex, Omega, uh, her character, great. she she's unlike, you know, as much as we love Ahsoka, she was annoying as hell in the, in the beginning of the Clone Wars, right? So, um, but then you have this one. She's not a damsel in distress. She fights beside them. She is one of them. And, and I think that's, and, and, I, and I, there's nothing better than seeing that, you know, whether you're a man or, I mean, she's, she's in there. She's just a part of the team. She's fighting with the team. They listen to her. They respect her. She listens to them, respects them. And it's, it's become this great family unit. And that's, I think, another appeal to the Bad Badge because it is, it's a ragtag family, fugitive family. It's a ragtag fugitive family. Doing, you know, trying to do good things, you know, as they go, try to make their way through life. Uh, and yeah, so I really think her character, the way it's been written, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I didn't expect to like her either, right? So I didn't want that, that per, you know, precocious kid, typical character, but that isn't at all what they did with her. Nope. Right, right. And it's if you think nice. about it, it, oh, sorry, John, go ahead. I was going to say, it's it's also nice to see that that her character has grown from, you know, She's really headstrong, but doesn't really know what she's doing. But she she just wants to help and she wants to be a part of the team. To now in season two, I mean, she's she's as competent as as the rest of them. Yeah, and she went on a mission with the rest of them. No hesitation. She yeah. shot a harpoon with the rest of them. Flew up to the, that train car, and yeah. now anyone with kids is like, I would never let my kid do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to see Hunter is letting her come into her own as well because you know i if if that same train car scene in season one happened you know you you'd probably expect him to have like an arm out just be to ready to catch her but no he he let her do her own thing and and you know treated her like another soldier exactly yeah i mean you can see the the the, the ripples way back in time to to some of the things that george lucas did i mean he was known for putting together these these coming of age stories whether you're talking about american graffiti his eight live action star wars movies or even the animated clone Wars. so so what are the other pieces of this this coming of age um developmental story do you see in this season of the uh, of the bad batch not just omega from omega standpoint but the other characters because they've they have they didn't end the way that they began and where we see them now is not where they started, where they were the, the rough, tough soldiers who were simply following orders blindly. What are some of the developmental things that you've noticed about them? Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, for, I'm sorry, especially for like the, the end, like the last couple episodes. I mean, you heard Hunter say himself, like he, he's ready just to, to pack it in, relax, go back to, uh, I forgot the name of that planet. Was it Pau? Boo. Pau, yeah. P-A-B-U, I think, Pabu. That's it, yes. You know, he just wanted to go back there, relax, chill, <laughs> you know, as a family. So um, you see the, you know, the evolution of him, you know, becoming more father-like and, and just wanting to relax and just finally give up the whole, the whole thing, you know, so. And Tech becoming aware of his social limitations. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people described him as the, uh, the autistic character. 
and then Crusher not being played to be so dumb like he used to be. So yeah. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Yeah, they've given him nuance where he's a, he's more of a real person. Yeah, you have to remind yourself. I do all the time. Like these are not real characters. Like the, these aren't even real people. These are. It's one person. Like, yeah, one they're guy, all the voices. same guy doing the voices, and it just doesn't make sense to keep track of it. I mean, the I last, mean, the the second to last episode had um, D. Bradley Baker, and they just had the Bad Batch. They didn't even list them as individuals. It was just <laughs> D. Bradley Baker, the Bad Batch. Awesome. What I wouldn't pay to be in the recording booth to hear him talking to himself for so long. Yeah, somebody just posted a video. I guess him signing something, and uh, he was doing his tech voice. It was pretty awesome. Like I, I met him in New York at the New York Comic Con, and I just wasn't, I guess smart enough to ask him you know to do a uh, do a character voice but uh he did sign my prints and everything and he liked them by the way so cool cool. cool i think tech is my character the character that i've learned to like a lot more than before just he just yeah. got more of a spotlight this year yeah definitely yeah and then it, they, he'll finally get the girl i think when he, he and wanda get together <laughs> he didn't die you know, so? No, because I heard the planet's made of cotton. Oh, yeah, that would save you. No, actually, I've seen enough like Lord of the Rings movies to know that uh, the eagles, the eagles came in and yeah, so they, they saved them. It was a Zilla beast. Maybe a Zilla beast came. And yeah. Like... Well, if you look, if you look down, there's actually a fair amount of water. So who knows? But his goggles were pretty jacked up, though, man. Could have fallen off his face. I was hoping to see him without his goggles at least once. I thought this would be the episode to do it, but it wasn't. See, the goggles thing threw me because if you look at the way the costume is made, the goggles are under the helmet. Aren't Uh, they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm thinking that that doctor snatched him up and is still experimenting on him somewhere. But that's just my own speculation. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's accurate or not. But I, I also thought that Marva was alive. So you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, I'm with you, Ken. I think I think I I don't think we've seen the end of Tech because you know he's he's you know he's got from a character arc, he's just hitting his peak. Guys, when a character in Star Wars is dead, they stay dead. Everyone knows that. <laughs> not Marvel, right? You know. <laughs> but if you don't see a body, they're not dead. True. Yeah. I mean, heck, Echo is a perfect example of that. We thought he was a goner. Right. Remember right. Chewbacca died? Remember Chewbacca died? He got crushed by a planet. Darth Maul got cut in half. The Emperor got brought back. I mean, how many Somehow years? Palpatine returned. Somehow. Yeah, Palpatine returned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see where you're going. I, I missed that. Yeah. And they're working on bringing IG-88 back, so he'll be back soon. Yeah, that's true. Or, yeah. or IG-11, yeah. Yeah, well, when like, are we, we going to see IG-88? Let's see him, man. That's a face-off. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we we talked about this last night on on the Inflatable Falcon. You know, I as much as I would love Tech to still be alive, I feel like it 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 takes away from the the finale a little bit if you bring him back. Because I, that that whole episode was, you know, set in motion because Tech was dead. Yeah. If right. Tech hadn't died, would they have gone back to Sid or would, you know, Tech be that that uh, voice of reason to to lead them somewhere else yeah I, I agree with you john I, I think the emotion of it and everything else you should just leave it the way it is i can't keep 
bringing things back. I mean, just because then it's pointless, you know. But, but this does make sense. We did not see a body. The emperor exploded. All right, let's just call that yeah. out. But we didn't yeah. see a body. He fell. We don't know what the planet's made of. Everything's like up in the air, but maybe we don't know how the gravity works. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of scientific things, but uh, he disappeared through some clouds. No, I, I think if they don't, if he isn't really dead, they lose the ability to kill anybody off. Because right, you're not going to believe it. Yeah, yeah you're not going to believe it. So he's he's gone. I don't. I, I yeah. So Ken and I are on record that he's still alive. And everyone else said he's dead. And I'm also going to say this because we need him for live action. That's all. That's another reason. What? How many years is it going to be? Ken, what, what's the approved seasons? Is it three? I haven't heard about the Bad Batch and how many seasons, which is, which is, I'm expecting something to come out at Celebration this year related to the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. You know, some sort of an announcement, something, because I can't imagine them finishing the way that they finished, you know, because I, I don't see that being an end, especially how it appears they're, they're, piecing things together to get us through the sequel trilogy and into whatever is next beyond that. And so well, I just think the that there's a lot more room. Because they got captured, so that's not the end of it. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised it ended there, because it's not really a finale in that sense. It's more like well, a pause. It's a comma for us to, to be speculate between now and whenever the, the next one starts up. I mean, let us not forget that The Mandalorian was only supposed to be two seasons. So, I, I mean, I think the confirmed season number is only determined by its popularity. We don't know anything about the ratings for this show, do we? Well, we know the five of us like it, so that's really all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you throw John and or you throw uh, throw uh, Mike into the mix, that's six of us. And I think once Demetrius gets through episode or season one, he will uh, he'll be equally surprised and and enjoy. So we got seven people, you know, a hundred percent of our of our podcast family likes the show. It's probably the highest rated Star Wars show by everyone. It has to be. And how many seasons was uh was Rebels? Five? Four. Four. Yeah. I, I think I think four is a good number, and they could they could do the same thing and roll them into live action. Well, De La Soul said three is the magic number. So maybe it's maybe it's three. All right. It's oh, comedy that works three. in threes. I, I know. Oh, <laughs> feels, this feels like three. This feels like three to me for this show. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. You guys keep bringing up live action now. Like, what? At what point or where do you think they might even possibly show up live action? Like, like what would we even? Wouldn't it be cool if it just did like a one-hour film or a ninety-minute film? For season three, like that's it. Just here's a film, live action. This ends the story. You got to see them in live action. Well, also separate. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't they be in Obi Wan? Yeah, they could be in, in Obi Wan. Season two. Yeah. Because yeah. one of the things I thought was interesting is they've already they've already planted the seed that they have a place that they can hide. You know, they've already established that 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 island nation of Pabu is is remote enough to be hidden and and so on. So that's a possibility. So wherever whatever happens with this next they've got this escape clause. They've got their this, this escape hatch. We mm -hmm. can go to Pabu and we'll be fine. So whatever whatever happens in in the next thing, they just end up in Pabu and 
and that's when you know Wrecker gets to become the um, the the neighborhood handyman and fisherman and and king of it tag. I mean, he's he seemed like a a, a natural to 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 rally the kids at night to play hide and seek or, or it tag or whatever. Um, and is, they just live there the rest of their days. Say it that way, but I think I understand. Well, Ken, is the is the the planet called Taboo? Is that the planet or the place? Yeah, I'm not sure. I read somewhere that somebody now I don't know how true this is said that that uh, island that they were on was on the planet Sarah. Now I'm not sure they, if that they put the two images together, the 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 surface, and they they looked identical. Right. Mm. So that that'd be kind of cool if that was part of that you know planet i guess but before the imperial showed up sure i mean why not i think for season three first you have to explain um omega's sister remember at the end right right so she's a new character she has a sister and a brother right because isn't boba a brother yeah boba's out there somewhere he's at, the, at this point in time isn't boba with um not Asajj Ventress, um, or a Singh, mm -hmm. and Bosk. He's learning how to be a bounty hunter from the two of them. Oh, that's right. So she has a brother too. Yeah, yeah. It's a family yeah, affair. <laughs> I'm just glad that uh, speaking of family affairs, that there's no siblings kissing or anything like that. So. <laughs> and changing it. We, we've had enough of that yeah, family yeah, yeah, affair. Yeah. yeah, it's for luck. They were they were smooching yeah, for luck. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's, you know, this is the first time you start to see the, the clones start feeling um, sorrow for their fellow clones dying. Right. It's not that they ever liked it, but they never showed sadness before, I don't think. Not like this year. All, like in, in many different places. Well, also with that in mind, when the clones first came into existence and in, in, in the attack of the clones, they were they were seen as just a commodity. They were seen kind of like they were you know, mentioned in this last episode, they were just property of yeah. the of the empire. And then in the Clone Wars, they became much more than that. And what I, I think is really cool to think about it is we saw that personification or that human humanization with Yoda. So the first episode with the clones where Yoda said, take off your helmets, you know, you're your your individuals to me. And and the the Jedi treated them as such. And then through the programming or indoctrination or the military mind, at one point in time, they were ordered to turn on the Jedi, and they did. And now we're seeing the other ripples of, you know, and I think it was, was it Gregor? That's not Gregor. Who is the clone that went AWOL after saying something to the effect of one of the differences between clones and droids is we have to live with our decisions? Was it Fives? Fives? Oh, yeah. No. Was he the one that was shot by that Imperial? No, he was with he was with Crosshair during oh, one of the. It was Cody. It? it was Cody. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can't believe I I forgot that name of all names. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so 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 Cody, who had been one of the ones who had turned on his, you know, who turned on a Jedi and and so on, had come to this realization that we made these decisions, we made these choices, and. After that, living with the consequences of it and seeing the the political machinery turning on them so right. much so that ro robbing them of humanity, robbing them of representation, even to the point where now you have this mad scientist with a weird glove for some reason saying that these are not people, 
these are property. Mm -hmm. right. GIs. Yeah. They're, they're GIs, government issue. Yeah. Right. And this is a kid's show. I, 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 I don't want to forget that. This is a kid's show. But is it? You know, it looks not. like it. But, but the, the, the theme of these shows is adult. The format of, you know, some of the episodes and some of the stuff, it's very kid-friendly. But I think the theme of this whole season, other than a few of those episodes were very kid, you know, kid shows. But yeah. I think the theme overall, I think it's general audiences. Yeah, I, I disagree. It's for kids. It, it, there's nothing kitty about it. Yeah. No, there's Pretty serious stuff. Boring. Well, it's it just like when, when uh, Clone Wars came out, I remember watching it because somebody told me it's great. And, then, you know, I'm watching it, even though it's Star Wars. So I'm watching it and I didn't like that first, like the movie, you know, the movie or the, even the first season, the animation was weird. But but there was uh, there was something about, oh, yeah, I saw they introduced the character, one of the clones, and then then he died. And like he died, and I'm like, and I'm watching it, and I I grew up with GI Joe on TV, the animated GI Joe cartoon. Nobody died. A everything that exploded had a parachute. Like nobody ever died. I watched the A Team every week. I watched the new episode of the A Team, and the only people that ever got shot in the A Team were the A Team. <laughs> That's it. So now I'm watching an animated show that's supposedly for kids, and I'm like, oh, I died. I'm like, and and somebody's like, one of the kids crying watching it, and my friends out. They go, oh my gosh, this is this is different. So that's what got me into it because I'm like, all right, obviously this is not just for kids. Agreed. Yeah. Now, yeah you I'm sorry. You you mentioned about um, like Cody. Now when he was starting to think differently, he he still has the chip, correct? I mean, he didn't get that extracted out or anything. So it's just funny to me that how even with the chip, they're starting to think differently, you know. So it, let, I, let's talk about that for a second, because I'd like to find out what all of your thoughts are related to that. Because the way I imagine that the chip, it was meant to be like an inhibitor chip. Mm -hmm. And when given a certain order, they they simply responded to it without much thinking. Mm -hmm. However, now that they're no longer in that scenario, they're not in that situation, they have the benefit of... Of, of hindsight to explore and look at their choices differently. So they're, they're still soldiers. They're, they're still, they still have that indoctrination. They still have that chip. However, they, they don't have that pressing issue of having to, to kill the Jedi for being traitors because now there are no Jedi around. They simply have to, to, for lack of better words, live with that decision, good, bad, or otherwise. So I think Cody still has that chip. Um, yeah. But just a, it's not having the impact on it because not every decision is related to killing the Jedi for treason. Right, right. What would you say about that, John? You know, it. <clears throat> I don't really. How do I want to put this? It's just the. It's weird to see them think like on their own because you know you only ever saw them like in the Clone Wars, as you know following orders they're always following orders so and it that kind of makes me think like the inhibitor chip you know they're not going to disobey orders but then when they start slowly don't they they stop having orders to follow you know after they start to phase them out i think that's why we kind of see them start to think for themselves because they don't they don't have orders specifically to follow you know, and they're not, they're not always in an active battle situation like we we always saw them in the Clone Wars. I mean, sometimes they're on a on a on a random planet guarding stuff. Yeah. Only to find out that the stuff that they were guarding was equipment 
like it wasn't necessarily you know i mean it was valuable to a certain degree but not not necessarily worth trading a life for and what are your thoughts on the chip anthony first of all that episode you just made reference to which came out like three weeks ago that was that was an incredible episode you know where they go back and you see that the, they've been guarding these useless equipment boxes for for years. That that was an incredible episode. I think the inhibitor chip probably just started to wear down. I think they even mentioned something about that that over time it loses its its effectiveness. Um, but you know John's right. You can't follow orders and they're not giving you orders. And so what do you do in the meantime? And you know the, how how much of a human's how much humanity is in a clone is a, is a good question, right? Do they want to have kids? Do they want to have families? I think some of them do, right? So, well, yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned the family thing because remember one of the things that that Django said early on is that he's just a, a simple man trying to make his way in the galaxy, and he just wanted he wanted money and a and a son mm -hmm. that he could raise on his own. So all of those clones, you know, you could say have that that Django mentality of wanting to be a, a father. So when we look at the, the the rad batch, the dad batch, the the bad batch, they have a little bit of that that Django in them, you know, wanting to be paternal, while also being you know raised to fly ships and shoot weapon, shoot guns, and you know, take take planets and so on. So then, what would the point be of, of taking out the chip then? You know, like why did some of the clones at one point say, "All right, I don't, I'm taking this thing out." You know well, I, mean? I think at the time there were still Jedi around. So, for instance, when when Rex had his chip removed, you know, there were still Jedi that were were in existence, and that chip kind of spurred that 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 yeah. that directive to kill Jedi. Makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think like um like Gregor and Wolf, the only ones that we confirmed, other than the Bad Batch, that we know that they've taken out their inhibitor chips. It could have also been, you know, a safety precaution. Like they probably didn't know that it, if indeed it did lose its effect over time, they probably didn't know that. So as opposed to, you know, randomly going on another killing spree at the orders of the Empire, take it out, they they lose that control. Right. I, I think another uh, thing is that the ones that did take out the chips are the ones that had a close relationship with Jedi. Mm. True. And I've always been curious, like, what were the other 65 orders? <laughs> yeah. I think you know. Robot Chicken answered that. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. It's a great song, too. It's a song. Who knew, who knew the Emperor was such such a musical <laughs> musical person? If you guys could have an option of a live-action show or animation show for, let's say, for the... Um, you know the rogue squadron for example what would you choose Ooh, that's a tough one especially after watching this episode of of the mandalorian um yeah, we should talk about it because the, the yeah special effects on the mandalorian the entire season are film quality effects right and they oh, have yeah. a lot of space oh, yeah. Everything except some of the stuff on Coruscant, uh, the nights on the nights scenes on Coruscant, but everything else looks incredible. Like the day scenes on, um, oh god, what is that planet? The 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 planet that 
Reef Carter. Navarro? Navarro, it just looks like they're filming it in the desert. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't look like it's in a set. Got that Obi-Wan feel to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks bigger. The Obi-Wan felt like a set. It felt darker. And, and, and yeah, uh, this just felt, yeah, this season of Mandalorian feels bigger than the other ones um, in the scope of the locations. It just feels a lot bigger. And, you know, Andor felt like you were immersed in this war, a huge world. And I think Mandalorians really kind of opened it up. But for me, a live action, I, I honestly, I, I I really would love to see the Bad Batch live action, especially if they somehow intertwine with uh, with Obi-Wan. And that wouldn't upset the timeline at all, right, Ken? That's yeah, totally I think it, yeah, I think it's I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know what would be great? Because you know that baby Yoda, baby Grogu has to be created around this time. This is exactly when he would be created, right? Or right after that. What if they were the ones that took over from uh, uh, um, Kenneran? Is that Ken Kellerin Beck? Kellerin Beck. What if they helped him hide baby Grogu? And then you have everybody on screen at the same time. You have Grogu. You have the Bat Batch. The whole thing works. And then you throw in the guy from the Jedi Survivor game, because I think that is Obi-Wan's brother. Yeah. You got the greatest... The, a brand new like well like, you're you're missing the, the the most important person of all of that or the most important character in all of that dr pershing no jar jar binks <laughs> jar jar he has to show up at some he point. connects it all jar jar connects it all you know he has to come back at some point like it, it, it's just not right that he doesn't ever come back yeah that's no, okay i'd rather have Alman best come back which just a side note, I was yelling and screaming about them giving him a chance to come back as a badass Jedi, give him some lightsabers and fight. And what did we get? Mandalorian. That's what I'm talking about. My man saved Grogu. Now he's the, he's the hero. Thank you uh, to uh, everyone at Lucasfilm for giving that actor something to be proud of so that he doesn't have to take a shellacking. So hats off to everyone over there and George Lucas. Sorry about the sidebar. Giving him two lightsabers, not even just one, but gave him Bad two ass, lightsabers. man. He's yeah. awesome. Love it. Yeah, I, I, if I if I had to pick live action or anime, I'd I, I would. This is gonna sound like a cop out, but I would simply flip a coin and and let the force decide because <laughs> I think they would both be incredible, especially if the animation is is Bad Batch animation. There's stuff you can't pull off in live action very easily. And we heard that they were going to do the Anakin Ahsoka fight again, right? In light in, in Ahsoka as a flashback. Really? Yeah, that was they they were talking about it. So what is that gonna look as good as the animated version? I guess that's the only scene. How many scenes have we seen two versions of? Darth Vader getting his face cut and sliced. We've seen that twice. The other side, just the, it's the other side. Different. Yeah, yeah. And they have, they have to show that in live action because that's what happens in that, in that fight. We sure. see uh, Order 66 a couple of times. Yeah, true. Yeah. It was great um, seeing that animated with uh, that uh, final season of uh, uh, the Clone Wars. Oh, know, yeah. Those last four episodes. They, they were brilliant. And I tell everyone that's a must watch to watch those episodes, especially once Ahsoka popped into live action. I'm like yeah. everyone needs to watch. And, or when I heard she was cast, Everyone must watch the last four episodes. Even if you don't like animation, you must watch the last four episodes of season seven of the Clone Wars. That was that was the Siege of Mandalore arc, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Right. I got a 15 minute fight with Darth Maul. Yeah. That was done with motion capture. It wasn't just just, just regular animation. It was motion capture. So you had, you know, before the before the the internet drama, you had Ray Park in a in a studio with motion capture gear on performing those moves. Yeah. And well, Sam Witwer giving him his voice. I mean, man. I don't think anything has gotten people as emotional as the as as the animation for Star Wars yet. Even though people love the Mandalorian, other than like the Return of Luke, because that was a technical marvel at the end of season two. I think the bad batch evokes emotion in a way that the other shows don't. Because I'm currently watching Star Trek Picard season three. Awesome. And that is people's reactions to that is emotional. Yep. Like this is an incredible show, but I, I think people feel that way about the bad batch. Like the Bad Batch has already established itself as a classic, and it's only the second season. Well, I think it's that has to do with uh, with Omega, the character. I mean, it's like this young little girl who's just, you know, has these father figures that she looks up to. So every time, you know, like when um, was when Echo left, when he came back, just her the look on her face and the emotions, you know, and then obviously yeah. with the. Major spoiler. We're we not going to talk about that. Or oh no, we will. It's so natural. It doesn't feel yeah. forced. It doesn't feel like some writer wrote something corny. It, yeah, like, it's very emotional. Yeah, it's very, the very good. Animation. Stuff. You know, they say the eyes are the gateway to the soul, and the animation of their eyes, like he said, for her, like in those scenes, those big eyes when they, you know, just and same thing with Grogu. Some of the the like Grogu. I mean, they got the eyes right on yeah. the animatronic, but man, in the animated, which is even harder to get the eyes. Where you can you can have some kind of empathy and, and attachment. So and it's working. <laughs> I know Dex is crying. I know Dex is crying. Dex hit a certain age. All of a sudden now he's crying at all this stuff. Uh, any, they did any father right. daughter stuff. I'm done. You put a father <laughs> daughter in situation. I forget about it, man. I'm done. So love it. They did something right with this show that 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 is what you know. Dex loves Rogue One. For me, this is. It's just a special show. It's like you, when you watch something that's one of the, the maybe one of the best animated shows of all time. I think it's going to get more uh, love over time. It's it's just amazing. And then when you look at the art style, there are scenes with those new stormtroopers where I, I feel like I'm watching a Ralph McQuarrie painting come to life. Like it, oh yeah, just looks the lighting, everything looks the same. And maybe that's why I react so strongly to the visuals because I've seen it before. Right. And, well, and not just before. I mean, let's give it a little bit of credit. You've been looking at those pictures for forty years. Exactly. Art you know, books. you yeah, you've yeah. been looking at those same prototype stormtroopers from Ralph McQuarrie art for forty years. So now you're getting to see them move. Now you're getting to see them with smoke and explosions and ships flying around. So these are no longer just these static things in a, in a book on your on your lap. These are these are, for lack of better words, they're real and they're doing stuff. And the other piece that I I, I want to make sure we don't forget about is that this season with 16 episodes added to the last season, they've had five different 
directors and they've had you know a host of writers so this isn't just coming from a person's mind this is coming from a, a a medley of people and this medley of people have proven that they can do some amazing things in star wars so let's let's continue to give these amazing people more stuff to do in star wars so whether you're talking about brad rao or Stuart lee um you know jennifer corbett give these folks more to do because it is fantastic, and I would just love to see more and more and more of it. Totally agree. There's something odd about the Badge Batch that works. Like, if you were to say Mandalorian Season 4 is animated, I don't think people would like that at all. But I don't... It's like the Bad Batch works because it has a history of the Clone Wars, so you, you, you've, you've gotten 10 years or 9 years worth of that animated style and it just becomes it's 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 the only style you could ever see that show taking place. But if you tried, you know, to do the sequel with like Finn and Ray and Poe in that style, I don't think people would like it as much. Yeah, like like when they in the the show Resistance, I don't know if you guys watched that mm -hmm. or not. Like when they brought Poe into that, I wasn't that excited. You know, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, Poe's in it. You know, but but I think you're right, Anthony. It's just to bring other characters, well, I don't know, they brought Krennic in and I was excited. So I don't know, it's tough to tell. That but, other show, Resistance is actually pretty, it's, the animation is definitely for kids. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's also really good, but it's very different. It's a very different everything. The style, the, the way that they animate the the expressions and the overreactions, it's it's good, but it's, it's, it's what I call it. When you look at something for a long time, that's really well animated, but there's almost too much candy on the screen. You get tired of it a little bit. Not not like tired, like I don't like it, but tired of actually seeing so much action. So you need to know when to slow something down and when to speed it up again. And that's what I think the Clone Wars has and many other shows just can't figure out. And I don't I don't think they did as as much extreme stuff as the Bad Batch has. I mean, there were episodes like you were mentioning earlier where they had the the battle droids on the planet and the citadel or whatever that tower was that looked different than the the first episode where they were on the beach running from the giant crabs and that looked different than that episode where they were on the the icy snowy planet and that looked different than even the last two episodes where i thought resistance for the most part was that bright sweet candy mm -hmm. animation style and color yeah and so maybe maybe if they had had more time with resistance, they could have you know added some more of those those varied looks, and it, it may have had a different result. No, I think that's what they were going for because I think they were always going with Macquarie when they did Rebels. They even said it in the pre-production videos. They said we're going for Ralph Macquarie. I don't think they nailed it until that batch, though. Yeah. Well, Macquarie gave us Zeb, and there he is. So. <laughs> yeah. AKA, what was he, Chewbacca? Supposed to be Chewbacca, or like, yeah, he was one of the early versions, yeah, yeah. So. And so, so we we've, we've talked about animation style. We've talked about you know some of the classic stuff like Macquarie. What are your thoughts on the music? So this is you know Kevin Kiner's been doing music for the for the Clone Wars since two thousand and eight, and is continuing on with this show. What are your thoughts on what he's brought to the to this season? Oh, he he's killing it. I mean, like just the I don't know, just the whole epicness of it. I mean, you know, they got that last episode and, and the music building up, I mean, just swelling. It, it, it's great. I mean, 
you know, I, I listen to scores all the time when I'm when I'm doing my art and everything. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of him lately, just because his stuff is amazing, it really moves me. And you know, it's it's he he's doing a great job. You know, because everyone thinks of Star Wars, you, you think of Williams. You know, like and nobody else. But yeah, I think he's really brought that whole sound and emotion and vibe to to the Star Wars universe. And I think it's I think he's great. I think he's doing a great job. I think the thing is, is it they know when to pull the right string, so to speak. Like they know how to invoke the proper emotion out of you. And I, I remember watching this last episode because I, 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 I'll admit I'm not the kind of person who pays a lot of attention to music, especially at 3 a.m. watching an animated TV show. Um, but I, I was, I was sitting there thinking, like, oh my god, why am I, why am I sobbing at four in the morning? <laughs> watching this show and then you know it because it, it's the that whole scene is totally quiet except for the music and i i i thought it was it was definitely a testament to to his ability to to actually invoke that emotion so expertly did did he do the music uh for the last four episodes of uh clone wars I'm pretty sure if it wasn't him, it was it was one of the other kinders because there's a a group of kinders that have been working on Star Wars music for quite a while. Because right, that that like that music because it's another thing there was there was hardly any dialogue once Order sixty six came in. Right, right. And it was music, and it was that's man that music that just it just you just felt the pain like like you because you know what's gonna you know what happens and and they didn't have any dialogue for quite a while through those things and that music so ever since then it's definitely got my attention and yeah i agree with dex and you know same thing for somebody who listens to nothing but soundtracks it's got me i'm in and i think in some ways they've pushed the envelope so since the mandalorian came out they've been able to do music that isn't quote-unquote traditional star wars music you know so that racing sequence you know when uh um when tech was racing one of those riot racers, you know, that was more of like upbeat, you know, techno club music. You know, I can't imagine, you know, John Williams doing that with the exception of his remix of duel of the fates. (laughs) Yeah. That scene was great. That race was super fun and just tech, you know, it's just, it's just, I love it. He, he, he's like, no, he's like, I can figure I can, I'll do it. You know, because he's so smart. He, everything's a calculation, you know, so yeah, he if it was out. if he was in real and if he lived here, he would be a database guy for some big organization. He would work <laughs> with no human interaction, just remote controlling in remote desktop and just doing server database. That's it, and he'd be the best at it. Well, think, Not think... working on Jeff Bezos' spaceship. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he would be. He would be the go-to. He would be the one behind Amazon. You know, if we just did this, you know, we could, we don't have to just do books. <laughs> but Ken, I think we should give the the writers, you know, a lot of applause for what they did with the character Ted. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, think about like all those episodes, like, like the the racing episode. You know, it was primarily all about him. You know, they throughout this whole season, they just kept you know episode per episode. They're just you know making you feel more and more for this character, and then obviously at the end they give you that gut punch. <laughs> you know, so. And I think that's what made it a lot more emotional too, because you follow this guy so closely throughout the season. And then, you know, we all know what happens at the end there. Yeah. So, Well, and with that in mind, I think we're following him 
and I think I can't remember which one of you mentioned it, and the connection to Omega. So Omega right. became like the anchor. And so whether we're talking about Wrecker, or we're talking about Hunter, or even talking about Echo, we often talk about them in relation to Omega. You know, yeah. either the things that they've learned from Omega or the things that they've taught Omega. I mean, I thought it was so, so cool. And I apologize for using this word, but I thought it was really cute when Tech was teaching her to drive yeah, and she got excited because she was going to do the tech turn. And he's like, what? <laughs> you you call it the what? And, and so, so to see the two of them, you know, interchanging with each other. And yes, they're voice actors. And I don't even know whether if they're in the studio at the same time. But what we're seeing are colors and pictures on a screen that are moving. And we're getting emotionally drawn into these 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 characters. It's amazing that they can do that. Definitely. So yeah, the writers, man, double high five, fist bumps, chest bump, whatever. They 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 definitely deserve it. It's the height of animated television. I mean, we've we we just did retrospectives on a lot of the shows that that we worked on. Um, and I think the one that had the probably the, the, the strongest moments was a show called Reboot, uh, that we ended that show with some of the characters dying, and it didn't come anywhere close to this. You know, this is a just better, better written television. You've known them for so long; they've been a part of your life, or a quarter of your life. You know, as the Clone Wars characters. Um, this is, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next, but I think it's going to take a while before Star Wars hits another home run like this one. Yeah. Well, before we get into what we'd like to see, I am curious. Like, what are some of the 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 most powerful topics or themes that you think came out in in this season or or maybe even the 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 strongest connections to other Star Wars stuff beyond this show can I go back a little bit though before I answer that because yeah. one of the best moments was in the last episode when they're going back to their ship which I still don't know the name but it's the Marauder the Marauder I'm starting to love it they did a first person perspective shot did you guys see that where the 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 clone i forget who it was i think it was hunter is going back to the ship but you're seeing it through his eyes so you're seeing the other two guys fire and they're firing right over your eye line it was just an incredible shot and i thought like maybe i was the only one that noticed it but i saw online like did you see that shot i'm like yes i saw it that was incredible yeah. you guys remember what shot this this was it was after they had found the thermal the the detonators and were 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 trying to get back, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. And then one of them's hurt, so they're getting back to the Marauder, and everything's kind of wavy and, and fuzzy, but it's from a first person. It's kind of like um like a Saving Private Ryan perspective. Exactly. It was just a shockingly good shot. I had never really seen a shot like that. It almost looked like like you were in Ready Player One, and that was you. <laughs> And like you said, it's just those little things that take this to the next level, you know, like this this show itself. I mean, it's just little things like that that just make it great, you know. And, and they don't have to do things like that. They don't they don't have to do things like that. They just you can there's a way to start the show and finish it on time and you're done and and then you can improve it. But they they just add shots in there to try to make it look beautiful. They're really going for art over over business, which is just getting the show done. Yeah. And a lot of the art, like it was when the Marauders flying in, in and out of scenes, they take their time. It's another like slow panning shot of the Marauder coming in and it just sets the, you know, sets the world. It's not a quick shot. You know, if you notice that they, they actually take their time 
to show that ship, you know, flying in and out of, you know, each world, each play that they go to kind of set the world. And yeah, it's, and those shots are beautiful. Sometimes I'm literally looking at it, looking like is, are they, are they dropping a scene in that's like full CGI instead of animation? Right. right. <laughs> Did anyone else notice that? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Every time like the Marauder was with Park, if you will, Park and the, and the, the ramp was down. And there's a lot of scenes where they're running and they're firing and shooting them, like shooting at somebody else. Or um, where they're standing on the ramp, the cannon is like right next to them. And I think at one point the cannon was shooting too. I'm like, it's gonna. Why would you stand on the ramp to get like blasted by this cannon? You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. It's just something that I noticed. If you guys go back to watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. And there's a lot of scenes of them on that ramp fighting, and that cannon is like right behind them or beside them. And I'm just thinking, I would just kind of move out of the way a little bit, or, or just, you know, find find the, find somewhere else to like, yeah. you know, fire, you know. Well, we know that they don't have OSHA in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they're not, they're not very safety conscious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know because then Boba Fett would have to wear his helmet all the time, <laughs> and there would be more railings. That's right. Yeah, way more railings. Which, which episode or which moment? I my favorite episode of the year was called the outpost that's when they go back and they find that clone force that's been guarding the boxes yeah. uh, for years and I, I just think that episode felt like it just made a reference to save it private ryan it felt real to me like and this is where d bradley baker played all the same guys again but he gives such backstory in the voices like they they feel they sound like they've been through stuff right in that episode where they put they 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 put um um uh oh my god what's a sharpshooter's name um, crosshair crosshair is a is a cynic to meet this old uh hermogeny really tired clone trooper they made a connection there and of course that's where the the, the rest of the story goes about uh um the the loss of the clone trooper i forget his name um, but that episode, you you just met a character, you care about him. By the time the character dies, twenty minutes after you met him, it's such a work of art that 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 you, you they made you care about this character that you didn't even know, and that's where you start from zero and you end up in a spot where most shows can never even reach. And this show just kept doing it over and over again this year, and it, I think this is a much better show than it was last year, in my opinion. Yeah, I've enjoyed a lot more, I think, too. So, but yeah, that was definitely a memorable episode, and like the whole thing with with Crosshair, like, I guess you know, I literally at crossroads, thinking like, what am I doing? Like, what am I fighting for? You know, so and seeing his fallen brother, you know, it was it was, was a great episode. It really was. And Ken, to your point about it's Star Wars reflecting society, because Steve mentioned this earlier. My father-in-law is a military vet. Doesn't matter. You know how hard it is for him to get care at a hospital? It's like impossible. So you have all this thank you for your service BS. And then in reality, they get treated like dirt. And this is, you're seeing the reality of a lot of people's lives, not just Star Wars, but this is how soldiers are really treated. And it's a damn shame. Yeah. And and that's one of the things, you know, like, especially when, when you're around a lot of, you know, some of my closest friends are military, they're all recently retired, 20 years of service, each one. And, and, 
you know, and then I'm over here, like in LA, we have a, a you know, we're, uh, uh, like a veterans hospital and there's nothing but homeless and they're all military. And they, then they ended up finally building them like housing on the, this beautiful lawn, <laughs> right? Big giant gate way over there, tons of room, but you had all the homeless and it was mostly military and they ended up housing them after years. So it's another one of those things, you know, and, and even the fight, I, you know, I have friends now that, you know, are fighting for like their healthcare doesn't cover certain things they have to do, you know? And so, yeah, that's the shame of it. And that's, again, it's reflective in the, in the show. Um, but to, to, you know, as far as uh, the question there, my favorite episode, I'll say, um, I'll say it was the outpost as well. Mm -hmm. Also, you got that guy mayhem, you know, that's sitting here doing his job. This is, this is what we do. You know, it's like, we're soldiers, we take orders. And, and, and then the, 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 the thing at the end where crosshair, he's got doubts and he has no more doubts at the end of that episode. It took something that sad and tragic for him to finally realize that, yeah, I made a mistake. Did uh, anybody cheer when Crosshair shot that officer too? I did. That was great. I think everybody did. I think yeah. that, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that, that May, May, Mayday, Mayday character. Mayday. Yeah. He was he was a great written. He was just like, ah, we're just doing it. It sounds like such a real military guy. He's like, ah, we just do it. Ah, let's go. We get, you know, just same old, same old. Yeah. And then, yeah. But of course, they find out what's in the boxes. What's in the box? What's in the box? And then you look in the box and you shouldn't have. Yeah, but is it, isn't this just like the old military movies from like the 50s, 40s and 50s? Like you just, they give you these grunts and you just fall in love with them. Yeah, yeah. totally. Kind of like aliens, right? Definitely. Right. It's very, speaking of which, they had an aliens episode this year, which I thought was actually really good. Yeah, I loved that. I loved it. All the uh, references are great. Is that the one with the screen where all the soldiers went in and it had the, the thing, uh, the... Uh, yeah, what episode was that? It was basically like a hallway scene, and like, yeah, yeah, it was very dark and corridors, and it was very alien esque, yes, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, I was thinking about something else. I speaking just a side note, uh, anyone that again, if you haven't seen, um, um, uh, what the hell, The Expanse, The Expanse oh, yeah. had an episode where everyone went in and they and everyone had a heartbeat monitor and everything, and they showed the screen real quick. Six characters on the screen were characters from aliens uh, six, six of them like they vasquez and all Hudson, that vasquez and i'm looking i paused and i went how did i miss this the first time but you see even in these star wars aliens made such an impact just like star wars did and you see cross all the time you see scenes that remind you of both and i know that makes dex happy because it's his two favorite franchise well they did it in mandalorian at the, yeah. at the very end remember the uh yeah. the the thing that came out of the, the droid's head yeah, he went into the shuttle. That was right out of Aliens. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the lighting, all of it was out of Alien with the, the yeah. scanner. But that episode you're talking about, and that's with the when the the baby Zilla beast or whatever. Remember, it was running around killing people. It was it was well done. I mean, yeah. it, it was just all. I mean, I don't know. That one was called episode. Entombed. That's yeah, it. that was cool too. That was a good, yeah, cool episode. And they they brought back the Commando clones. That really getting i would think the fan base would be more excited over the commando clones but because they meet them the bad guys i think nobody cares where where are they from are they from a video game yeah they're from mm -hmm. yeah, they're from a lucasfilm game right right yeah republic commandos yeah i've always yeah, they, had a, they had a line of books too wasn't it like delta squad or something like that yeah 
and those those particular clones actually had names like torch and and so on so there was a a, a group of them you know very similar to the bad batch except they were all you know identical clones instead of you know modified clones so where do you guys think this is going to go in season three or where would you like it to go I I like the whole um, clone aspect of how they've been treated and like you were saying, like old vets and stuff like that. I love that storyline, but I truly think that they're just going to get more into the Palpatine uh, cloning, I guess, uh, technique or whatever you want to call it. Baby, the baby Grogu has yeah, to be Yeah, baby Grogu blood, you know. I don't know. I mean, I guess what they else? They got to fill in that gap, I guess. Well, they'll have to fill that gap in, and they'll also have to fill in a little bit more of that gap of that transition from the clone troopers into that fully conscripted um, military. So they'll have to figure out how to bridge that gap. And I don't know how how many episodes it would take to do something like that, but I can see that happening. Yeah. Well, they already started that, right? Because they have that that guy... uh, they were talking about the end of the conscriptions, right? The end of the cloning. So yep. I think Yeah, so they, they've built up the the pieces for it, but I don't know if they've if it's been, you know, like full blown as 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 much as it could. And there's also the potential, I think, for more references or connections to to Jedi. I mean, we we have seen now that many Jedi in fact did survive the purge. You know, so is there a is there the possibility that there's room for this show to cross over into the Obi Wan show, where you now have some some animated stuff blending into the to the live action stuff? Because it would be, I also think it'd be nice to have a second season of the Obi Wan show. I they hinted that today, but we kind of knew that before when you and made that mistake in that statement that he made last year. Yeah, I watched that show again a couple of days ago. It, it there's a new cut of it. Did you guys hear about this? The Obi Wan movie, the new Obi Wan movie. The guy cut down the, the whole show to two hours. Yeah, is that what you shared with us, Stephen? It's yes. Is that out yet, or that's not, not out yet? Right? No, but apparently it's great. This guy re, did reshoots. He he did he he was he's a CGI. He worked on some of the Star Wars stuff, the live action. So he ended up recutting this thing, doing reshoots. And I saw just a fight with Vader. It doesn't look like a soundstage anymore. He put a big, giant, epic background, weather effects. Oh, I mean, yeah, it. I think it's going to be incredible. So uh, anyone who hears about that, let us know, and we'll let you know. So so isn't that interesting? So wouldn't, if you're Lucasfilm, and and you don't try to take yourself too, too seriously, because you, you already got into this whole idea, what what is Legends? And so you already split Star Wars into different, like, canons, in, in a sense. Would you, if you saw this movie and you go, damn, that's that is better than what we did. Would you ever release it? No, it's it's quite the same fight that Zack Snyder had with, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's a far superior movie than the original, but yet they keep that original one on HBO Max and 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 they just they keep that in canon when they should just act like it never exists. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what Disney would do, even if that Obi Wan movie is fantastic. They just they, you know, they just don't pay, pay it any attention. I highly doubt it's going to end up on Disney Plus. Well, with that idea in mind, um, if you were if you were granted the opportunity to to be involved in an episode or a series of episodes in the Bad Batch, what would you put in it? 
Yeah, I, I think they should continue the storyline. I, I want to see what happens to Saul Guerrero, to be honest. Like, we know he gets jacked up, but like, yeah. we don't know, like, where they're going to show that or shows what happens to him. Or, like, I kind of want to see that. So, considering they showed him in Bad Batch, like, at a younger – I mean, his face was a little scarred up and everything, but – He know, still had his two feet. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they could show something in the next season about, you know, what happens to Saul. You know, that would be kind of yeah. cool. And with all the detonators around, I was expecting one of them to blow up. And you're like, oh, my leg, somebody. Yeah, yeah, his leg. And how, how did that like, tower stay up? I just yeah, want to know. I, mean, I know. I, I, know, I know Tarkin and Krennic were all up there, but that tower should have fell too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hemlock's interesting to me because, A, I think he's the best actor on the show. Yeah, he's, good. he's incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he shows no feelings. I don't know where he's going. I, there's two characters. I don't know where they're going. So one is uh, Dr. Hemlock. Where does he end up in this whole hierarchy of things? Is he going to be mentioned on uh, on The Mandalorian? Because I think you could go back and say, you know, Dr. Hemlock started it. I mean, if they already said it, we just missed it. And then the other character is Omega. Omega is a lot like... It's interesting because when we were thinking about where does Star Wars Rebel put Ezra... He can't have existed in this other canon. He wouldn't have been around. And then what they did was they wrote him out of that timeline by putting him into that time dilate, you know, into that weird time machine. The world between worlds. Right, because they couldn't have him in this world because it wouldn't have made sense because he would have showed up somewhere. Right. So so what about Omega? Is she going to have to go through some sort of world between worlds? Because she seems like a very important character that should be around. During or, the original series, or maybe she just doesn't make it. You know, maybe she's kind yeah. of like like Ellie in Last of Us. You know, if they're going to do that extraction of whatever they need from her, maybe she doesn't make it. You know, so yeah. And if they if they were to do something like that with Omega, let's say that they 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 ended her with something like along those lines. Right. Do you have any idea how many kids would lose their minds? Like they they would just melt right out of their skulls. I, I don't care. I have no sympathy for any of those kids because you know what? They killed Optimus Prime on me. So the hell with everybody else. Right. Right. <laughs> would you, what would you put in there, uh, Stephen? honestly the next one i i just want to see the batch of course come back together you know because we want to get we you know we i need to see uh demetrius back i mean crosshair back with the uh with the with the bad batch so that's that's the one thing that i really want to see and i also i don't know if it's going to be a big revolt or something because if you notice they're they're still stunning troopers they're using stun as much as they can Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about that too. there was a couple of shots where yeah. they, they there was kill shots but. yeah and i think that's going to be another thing they're it's just one of those just like what happened to crosshair where he shot that officer i think they're going to come to the realization we have to fight our way out of here like really fight our way out of here and yeah. um but i think just getting together with a bunch of clones and then you know and and maybe it's just a uh you know the in the next season it's just a free all get, get all the clones out get them to safety but you can't hide as a clone that's the thing. You can't hide. They all look alike. So, yeah. The next thing you know, these clones are going to be sitting on a street holding a helmet upside down asking for change. <laughs> well, that was that was already it's, in Kenobi. In space, oh, see, Tokyo. we're already there. <laughs> yeah, that was in Kenobi in live action. How many how many clones are alive right now? Anybody have any idea? Well, I thought they said that there there were there were thousands of them. Thousands, yeah. Right now, there's yeah thousands. What would you put in it, John? 
Look, I'm going I'm to hit you guys with a curveball, something a little right. less important. I want to know why the Empire is keeping the commandos around. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can see that they're not using the they're not using the traditional clones like uh, other than like they did with Mayday for the, you know, the monotonous little jobs. Um, but the commandos, you know, they're leading their number one research facility right now. You know, I don't think they had very many uh, TKs there. If if any. So I really I'd like to see why they're keeping why the commandos are so special and so loyal. Well, is it possible that the commandos are like the the one clone that had no no identification? They're still clones, but were they part of a different a different batch, a different yeah. a, a a different strand, if you will, that have their loyalty is different, their their training is different. Um and that is a that is an interesting question. Because there, there are, there are, uh, you know, you do see a bunch of the commandos there, you know, in the in the the very protective kind of mode. Isn't it incredible though that all this stuff came from a line in Star Wars? I knew your father in the Clone Wars, like that that created and they they kind of backfilled the entire thing to the point where, you know, like in in atomic studies where you, you break down an atom into smaller components, smaller components, smaller components, and every time they find something small that's made out of something smaller it's like that's what's going on with like the clone wars period right like, it doesn't matter it just you always find more detail in it the more you look into it it's just like a never-ending you know content that's what makes it so great <laughs> you know so i mean we can we can get back together in in, in 14 years and still be talking about star wars <laughs> And talking about how that thing 14 years from now was connected to this, yeah. you know, this, this cartoon that was on, on, on Disney plus in 2023. But I heard, it, oh God, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I heard in 14 years, Palpatine returns. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. <laughs> when so you somehow try... he, he returned, returned. <laughs> when you try to write science fiction, What's interesting about this is that this wasn't really intentional, right? Like there was that line about your father in the Clone Wars, but I don't. You got to imagine that George in no way knew what the hell that was. No, it's like a throwaway line. And if you were designed Star Wars without that line ever existing, it would have been very, very, very different. No one would have ever went this direction. But the fact that they went in this direction, which was a throwaway line that most people would have never written makes it so unique because it's not like it wrote it's it's like writing itself in a weird way like i think he had some kind of idea you know with that line you know whether he would go back you know i i do think he had an overall scope of of things because i think i think the clone i think maybe i'm curious in revision two of the adventures of star killer or whatever i'm wondering if they mentioned clones in that one because if it's in that uh, that old th- that's well, script. Lando Calrissian was originally going to be a clone. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So there was clone stuff in the, in the original stuff. So, um, but you know, and I still, you know, he had a plan for you know the uh, the first six episodes. Obviously, there was no plan for the last three uh, in the theatrical. But um, but you know, whatever his idea was, you know, it was neat to go back to it. When I heard that's what it was going to be about, I was like, this is great. Lando was meant to be a clone. Yes. 
and, and Zeb so was Chewbacca. Exactly. I knew that one. Yeah, that one I knew. I didn't know about the clone one. Yeah, so that's the, that, that. That's your homework for the for <laughs> the for the for the next week is to research Lando as a clone in wow. the original the original scripts. Um, Colt forty five. All right. <laughs> there were forty five Lando clones. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you get the best results in a creative environment when you have a box. So sometimes when you have a wide open possibilities you can't really create something original but then when you have a box it limits your choices to the point where a lot of things that you wouldn't normally glue together you glue together because your box is so small you have to try to find different ways to connect things and i think that's where the clones and the bad batch and all these things came from is it's a very limited amount of information where you go well what what would it be like if a clones had a war and then you you start thinking inside that box and then filling all the details in. And because it's such a weird box to be in, everything just kind of bounces off itself. And then you think, well, how could you create original clones? And then they'd be a little different than the other ones. And then you it just kind of creates itself in, in a way. It's it's in a way, it's almost like real life. It's the stories create themselves in a process that's similar to how things are created in. in naturally organically in directions that you don't know where it's going to go so i think that's what makes this show so special because mandalorian is clearly written this show seems like it just happened i don't know if i've explained it's like organic it's like kind of organic yeah well yeah, like, and they've had many 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 more years to develop this than they have with the Mandalorian, you know, sort of go back to what you were saying that that one, that one single throwaway line that was, you know, put on paper in the, the mid to, to late seventies has developed into this, um, you know, John Favreau and, and Filoni have only been working on the Mandalorian for what a decade, maybe where they've been, they've had, they've had stuff related to the clones since the, since the seventies. Not, I, I can't imagine that George had the idea for Wrecker and a, you know, a, a blown out eye and, and all of that kind of stuff, but, you know, definitely had the clones in mind, you know, from, from, from a long time ago. What a weird idea to have soldiers with a family, you know, with, 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 with Omega and the way she says Wrecker and, and all their names, like it just becomes this little like Brady Bunch type little family of love. Was wasn't there an episode in Rebel or not Rebels, um, Clone Wars where they found a couple old clones and they were like living in a family yeah. environment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Rex, Gregor, and was there who was the other guy? Wolf. Oh mm -hmm. right, right. Who, who were living on the uh, the the modified uh, um, Walker? I can't remember what kind oh, yeah. of Walker it was, but yeah. one of the six legged ones. The ATTE. Yep, that's the one. And well, they were and they fishing the for sandworms or something. Yeah. <laughs> the clones that had the, the children, I forget what it was Anakin or somebody visited them at some point. Oh no, it was another clone because he wanted to know why he didn't want right. to settle down. Right. Which answered the question of that really it's in the back of everybody's mind. Are these guys sexual beings? You know, do they want to be with women or are they they program that out of them? It's interesting, yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I, I don't. I think they left it in, in a kids show. This is a kids show. <laughs> Again, I think they answered that in Robot Chicken. <laughs> robot Chicken once again. Ah, uh, thank goodness for who was a 
what was the the guy who who was involved in Robot Chicken Seth that also Green. voiced some kid? Was it was Seth, Seth Green. Green? Seth Green, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness for Seth Green. So I'm sure I'm sure in that episode when they covered, they were like, "Keep your helmet on." <laughs> the other helmet. So, Ken, to, to close this off, do we want to talk about like what we want to see next year, like fantasy scenes in Clone Wars season three. I mean, Bad Pat season three. Yeah, so I know I would like to see I would like to see Boba Fett show up somewhere mm. in, in in season three. Even if it's you know they they have this scene where they're 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 walking through some random cantina and you see um you know Aura Singh, Bosk and, and Boba Fett sitting in a corner talking about something and they just keep going on doing what they're doing. That's my sister. <laughs> I recognize that face. Yeah. I can be kind of cool. How about you, Anthony? What do you got for us? I want to see a hell I want to see a space battle again. I I don't think Star Wars has ever done a space battle like the first movie. That it's ever been as good as that. I want to see somebody give that a shot. Another space battle in the final season of Clone Wars. And then I want to see where they retire. Like, do they all die? I would love to see that canceled script, that Colin Trevorrow script where Finn was supposed to leave the Stormtrooper uprising. I would love to see that here with the clones. That's why I asked how many clones were left. But I don't know where they're going to go. You know, how are they going to be retired? Are they going to go to the clone planet? Like, are they, or are they all going to die? I would love to see an uprising now. Mm. And they join the rebellion somehow. Well, we know Rex showed up on Endor. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I I think we we obviously the show is about clones and you know uh, the bad batch themselves, but uh, a lot a lot of the side characters are pretty interesting too. Like I, I really enjoyed the Wanda Sykes character. Yeah. Maybe they could. Uh, what was her name? Fee, I think it Fee. was. Mm -hmm. They they could you know explore her a little bit more. I mean, she was really interesting. I mean, even when she brought him back to the you know her her little planet there and. And how she was like an Indiana Jones type of character. I, I want to see kind of more of that stuff. I think. That's... I, speaking of that character, I have to uh, um, apologize because when originally found out that that was going to be the character and it was, it was going to be voiced by Wanda Sykes, I'm like, what? What could she possibly add? And she I mean, added a crazy amount of stuff and turned out to be an absolutely positively wonderful character. And I'm so glad that they 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 brought her in. I mean. It, yeah, so I I became a, a a fee fan. Yeah, definitely. She's a diehard Star Wars fan. She got better over time. Her character to, over time it was she was being more interesting. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe uh, Tech will do some exploring of fee. Who knows? Yes, of course. I would like that. <laughs> He's dead. Come on. He's dead. They, they, can't, they can't bring him back. I'm sorry. Let 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 it be. Let it be. I mean, it was an amazing episode. They should just. Just let it go. All right, Ken and I are on record. We're just saying we're, we're you know, I'll be a little disappointed if he pops up. You know, just, I will. I will not. I think it's going to be a nice off. written character, and you know, um, you know, let everyone else you know die and keep them alive and you know fighting. Mm -hmm. it, but I, what I'd like to see uh, next season of Bad Batch, I, I want to see a cameo with the Falcon, Chewie, Han doing a shipment, like just <laughs> totally detached, you know, and they could totally do that also. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. 
I think if they're gonna have any cameo, this is a perfect time to in, introduce Dr. Afra. It's the yes. perfect time. And she probably should be the next animated show because I think for her kind of show where you're going on adventures every week to different places, really animation is the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah. What do you got, John? I mean, I <clears throat> I think everyone wants to see Crosshair back with yep. the, the with the Bad Batch, but I, I really I would like to see Sid get her comeuppance and get what she yeah. deserves after rattling them oh, out. Cool. I, I think that that would just be an an emotional impactful scene if if we see a standoff between Sid and the Bad Batch. Totally. Especially would... if Omega is the one to finish her off. Oh, I mean, oh, that you just went really dark. I, I mean, it's <laughs> show. It's show. <laughs> the kids I show. Mean, well, look, Omega really looked up to to Sid and really yeah. had a had a bond with her, and then you know she sold out her family. Yep. Betrayal, double cross. So, yeah. yeah, dude, who would have ever thought Wanda Sykes and Real Perman in a Star Wars animated show? Love yeah. it. Love Amazing. It. Because I felt the same way as you, Cam. When I, I heard Wanda's voice, I'm like, "Why? What did this? She just didn't seem like the right person." It's like Tim Meadows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. Same thing. He was very good. Yes. But what, you're right, though. With, with Fee and Wanda Sykes, as the you know episodes went on and the season continued, it, she just really became a great character. Which once again brings up to the writers, you know, who are writing these things, who are really knocking it out of the park. I say so. And so with that in mind, as we usually wrap up, you know, the forces behind Star Wars, we like thanking the makers. Um, and it sounds like, Dex, you want to thank the writers for Too many this to season. <laughs> I feel like an Oscar speech, but uh, <laughs> I, I did. I looked up the writers and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's probably Dave and another. But no, no, there, there's quite a bit of writers involved in this this series. And yeah, I would like to thank all of them. I think they did a, a wonderful job. Yeah, I think I would uh I would probably thank um yeah, I, I would probably thank the uh whoever is in the uh the CFO that approved the budget for the the type of animation and CGI mix that that, that they do because I'm sure that is not cheap. Um so they send it off to whatever graphic uh, special effects house. Um so who, who whoever the bean counter is that gave the thumbs up and approval for that budget. That's that's who gets my thanks. How about you, John? I mean, you got to thank D. Bradley Baker. I <laughs> mean, yeah. Let's let's be real. He every single week he was able to to strike a chord for five or for four or five different characters every single week. And I, you know, he's obviously he's been doing it for the last fifteen years from the, the 2008 Clone Wars movie up until this point. And I mean, it, every single every single time that that he speaks a line through one of these characters, it's just, it, he knocks it out of the park. He He's encapsulated the clones so well. Totally. So hasn't been nominated for an Emmy Award, which is just criminal. He should be nominated. Yeah. He's doing all these voices, all the different voices, all the, just the little things for each one yeah. to give each one its own spin. It's he, He's phenomenal. Did you think someone, Anthony? It's Dave Filoni. I mean, he look at how much he's grown since he started the, the animated show with the, the first movie. The episodes that were glued together into a movie. Hey, Sky Guy. Like, that was all his 
philosophy at the time and then it was his choice to to, to at some point just ditch the kid stuff and just make it adult yeah. you know I, I think the scene that did that was when Ahsoka used her lightsabers to chop off the foreheads the 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 uh in the bar the the bounty hunters that's when I knew like somebody made a, a, a stylistic choice here um but he has taken what was a kid show and made it into something that's as good as any of the live action shows to the point where the stories are interchangeable you could tell the same stories in either medium um that's how good he's gotten to be over the last 15 years right so we were talking about live action Clone Wars and Bad Batch, you wouldn't have to change the stories at all. They'd be the same stories. In, in, in that sense, it's a little bit like The Last of Us, where you see the TV show in a, in a video game and they're sort of interchangeable. I think he's gotten, Dave Filoni has gotten the Bad Batch to be that good. So, thank him. I think I would add um, Matt Martin to the list. He's been involved in the, with the story group and and the creative folks with Star Wars for a long time. And another reason why I want to thank him is because I know that at Celebration, he's going to be sitting on the podcast stage with our friend Zoe what? Hinton, who the you know one of the hosts from Star Wars Geek Girl will be doing uh, an interview with, with with Matt Martin in London. And speaking of London and Star Wars Celebration, I want our listeners to realize that tonight's episode has another person who's going to be in London on the podcast stage, and that is our best friend John Scalise. You want to tell us a little bit, John, about uh, um, your 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 preparation for Star Wars Celebration twenty twenty three. Oh dear. Where do I start? Uh, well, it started about three weeks ago when I got the notification that I was going to be at Celebration. So the, nice. the, the scramble has been fun. Well, because like everyone else knew. Everyone else got their invitation invitation back at the end of January. But I got the first notice March 9th. Wow. So it's it, yeah, three weeks ago to the day is when I when I was notified. So between trying to to get on read pop to to resend me the email to get me tickets from the it was stressful getting my passport which that finally came today so we're cutting it down to the wire but and then the, really the the biggest thing now is trying to decide on a topic i already mike and i are going to do the show together you know i thought it was only fair that you know he was the one who you know i said this last night but he was the one who put me on this path to to start doing podcasts to get to join the 501st kind of embrace all of this so he he'll be my guest and i'm sure he and i will come up with something good for uh for at least for a topic so you had a six hour plane ride so eight hour oh eight hour okay plus the the two hour initial connecting flight (laughs) so how do the uh, the podcasts work at the celebration? Are they going to be like, are we able to watch or view them or listen to them? Or is it going to be like recorded and then we just listen to after the fact? I mean, how do they do that? Well, I know mine is scheduled for 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. I see. So I don't, I, I don't know if, if I know I'm going to record the episode itself and then post it at a later date. Um but I, I don't I don't believe they're live streamed through celebration. Because they do have a live stream, don't they, Ken, where they show you what's going on and they have people. Yeah, StarWars.com does that. And yeah. I, because they have so many different um, events going on at, at one time, 
I'm not sure how they do the podcast ones. Some folks will will stream it th through their own means. Um, and so maybe that's something that, that John and Mike can figure out bef before they go, if that's even a possibility. Um, but yeah, so, so we know several people who are going to be at Star Wars Celebration in London on the podcast stage. So we're this, this show is, you know, we're rubbing elbows with some cool folks. You know, not to put you on the spot and make you blush, John, but I think I think it's great to be able to to celebrate. I mean, this is this is a a guy who in 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 less than a year has managed to do all of this stuff, and he's still willing to hang out with the four of us. So so we're we're, we're pretty lucky. And I want to thank you know thank all of you for another fantastic episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for for putting up with us now our thirty first episode. And as always, I want to wish you a great night and may the force be with you. Good night.